I know it's a little bit up and down uh, this evening, but I wanted to take this opportunity, um, this great privilege, to uh, introduce Ali to you who's speaking this evening. As you know, we uh, announced back in September that we are changing from one church with two meetings to one church with four venues, and that over the coming, uh, I suppose, months and years, we are going to plant into Central St. Leonard's. We're going to be planting a venue into Bex Hill. But before we do any of that, we're going to replant the evening meeting as a venue. And this evening is an opportunity for Alid just to share, in a sense, what is on his heart, um, what he is ticking with at the moment, um, and what his heart is for us here at the evening meeting as we become the evening venue on the 8th of January. So can we give Alid an absolutely warm welcome as he comes and shares this evening? Okay, fantastic. Well, if you've got your Bible with you, uh, why don't you turn to Acts chapter 2. It's, um, if, you've been, uh, if I've been reminded of anything over the, um, the last couple of months while kind of watching the news and reading the newspapers and things like that, is that the hope of the world doesn't rest on finance, doesn't rest on politics or fame or education or healthcare or fame or law, any of those things. And Lots of them are God-given things. They're things that even provide a certain amount of stability and control and things like that. But actually, they're never going to be able to provide genuine hope. They're never going to be able to provide genuine peace and genuine purpose at last. And uh, if you're a Christian here, you know that that can only come from God. Uh, but often, actually, as Christians, we can sometimes forget that actually that is actually comes through us, through the church. And uh, actually, God's plan to bring about hope and peace and reconciliation to our friends and our families, to our neighbourhoods and to our town, is actually you and the person sitting next to you. That's actually the hope of the world. The church is God's plan for expanding the kingdom in the here and now on earth. We sing these things like, on earth as it is in heaven, and God's saying, fine, go and do it. All right? So that's, that's our commission. That is what our mandate is as the church. Ephesians 3.9 says that through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, just a, a great theologian of the last century, said this, there is nothing beyond the church. She is the highest and most supreme manifestation of the wisdom of God. The church is the answer. God's salvation plan birthed in a promise, fulfilled in Christ on the cross, and now the baton actually has been passed to you and me. It's now our responsibility. It's now in the hands of the church, extending his kingdom of righteousness and peace through the preaching of the gospel and training and releasing of disciples. That's the adventure that we've been called into. And it's exciting, and I hope tonight you get excited by it. Bill Hybel says this, There is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable, its power is breathtaking, its potential is unlimited. If they get it and get on with it, churches can become the redemptive centres Jesus wanted them to be. Now the question is, how do we know if we've got it? What does New Testament church look like? What are the things that we should be doing and seeing and experiencing? Well, we're just going to read Acts 
chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, because it gives us a few clues on what the early church experienced and what actually it is that we want to experience in church today. So it says this, Acts 2, 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is just a taster of some of the things that they experienced in the early church. This is what they experienced. And this is the kind of community that we want to experience in the here and now, isn't it? This is the kind of church that we're seeking for. And you know, I am so, so privileged and so pleased that for the last 43 years, us as a church, we have sought for and we have fought for these kinds of things. The presence of God. The presence of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, spiritual gifts, pastoral care, making an impact on the communities that we're a part of. These are all things as a church, all throughout our history as a church since 1974, we have been birthed out of, a, out of the heart and the ambition to say, Jesus, we want to know you more. We want to know your spirit. And we want to know your word more. That's where we've come from as a church. And tonight, I just want to kind of remind us of some of those things, but also want to outline some of our plans for um, the uh, future of this venue, of the evening meeting. And actually, going to talk a little bit about its transition from an evening meeting to an evening congregation. Maybe explain a little bit what that means, what that's going to look like. But if our starting point isn't the Bible, if it's not looking at the New Testament, if it's not reminding ourselves about what it is that we're actually aiming for and trying to build, then we're starting in completely the wrong place. So as we launch the evening meeting in six weeks' time, this week, this week I actually looked at my calendar and I thought it was nine weeks. And by the end of the day, I thought it was six weeks. And I thought, crumbs, I've lost myself three weeks already. So our goal, our objective, our blueprint is always going to be to build father-saving, Jesus-loving, spirit-reliant communities of people. So in six weeks' time, that's what we're going to be building. Next year, when we plant into Bexhill, that's what we're going to be doing. The year after, when we plant into St. Leonard's, that's what we're going to be doing. That's what, we're, that's what our heart is. So very quickly then, why the change? Why even relaunch the evening meeting? And I, and I think the first thing is, is probably because that is just what it is at the moment. It's a great evening meeting. But as we've just read in Acts, and as we'll see in a minute as we look through a number of scriptures in the Bible, church is a lot more than that. Church is much more than that. It speaks of community. It speaks of a life outside of a Sunday meeting. And, you know, if we're not careful, we can actually get into this notion that church is Sunday. Actually, we just kind of get through the week to get to another Sunday. Or for some of you, you might think, crumbs, I, I get a whole week's break until I have to get through another Sunday. But Sunday is just one-seventh of what church is about. Because do you know what? The reason that church is great on a Sunday is because you're here. Because the people are gathered, because the church is here. 
And God's promise is that when we're here, he's here and things can happen. That's why it's great on a Sunday. But do you know what? We could do this on a Tuesday or a Thursday or a Saturday morning. The church is not just a Sunday. It's something much more than that. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. Do you know, we're not, we have no intention of just launching another meeting. We want community. We need community. That's what we really need. So in six weeks, six weeks tonight, after the Christmas break, do you know what Christmas is only 28 days away? In case you haven't done your Christmas shopping. But when we come back from the Christmas break, on the 8th of January, we are going to be launching 6 o'clock church. 6 o'clock church. And this is going to be the name, and this is going to be the design of our evening congregation, our evening venue, 6 o'clock church. But before I talk about what we're aiming for, and I just want to briefly share some of our journey even up to now as to how we've even arrived at that name and that time and what we're doing Um, Because actually we want to be really intentional with the time we allow for community and building authentic, genuine relationships. So here's just a few quick reasons. The first thing is we felt it was important to give it a name. Okay, because evening meeting is a good name for a meeting, but it doesn't communicate much about church or what we're wanting to build. So we wanted to give it a name. So we're intentionally moving away from meeting and realigning with the word church. It's six o'clock church not six o'clock meeting, okay? And we wanted to give it an identity, something that actually you can belong with and belong to and take ownership of. It's very difficult to take ownership of a meeting. A meeting is something you go to. A community or a church is someone, something that you belong in. It's very, very different. So if anything tonight, what I want you to go away is think, actually, it's, it's completely different what we're doing. We might be meeting in a similar way. It might feel the same, but actually our mindset is we're not just going to a meeting. We're meeting with family. It's church, it's community is what we're launching in January. The second thing that we uh, thought was, the 6.30 meeting has served us really well in terms of time on, on many levels. But we're also just aware of people's work and family commitments and things. And with community being, or time for community being a priority, we're just aware that when it comes 8 o'clock, 8.15, when we finish, lots of people want to get out the door, want to get home and do their things. Actually, by starting it slightly earlier, we actually want to be intentional with starting with some community time. So we actually want to make sure, and this is my ambition, this is my hope, my aim is that no one leaves this place each evening without some form of physical, physical, that's the wrong word, isn't it? Let's just scrub that out of the tape. Maybe physical, but only a hand on the shoulder. Some form of personal one-to-one connection in a meaningful way. That's what, I'm, that's what my hope is. That's my ambition. Is as people come and they join community, they don't just come and watch a performance or just see someone over there, but actually they have some kind of personal one-to-one contact in a meaningful way as they come. So we want to be meaningful about that in terms of community. I'm also aware that you know, we, we have so many servers and people that do so well, but we do need to reset this place. We need to pack it all up and get it all ready for coffee box. And it just helps with those kind of things practically. And lastly, actually... The name Six O'Clock Church, the biggest draw for our evening meeting actually is the time. This space is great, and I love the feel. But actually, lots of people come to us saying it's so good that there's a regular church meeting that I can go to, which is in an evening, because I can't make the morning meeting. 
And I've done a bit of research, and I, and I might be wrong, but I don't know of any evangelical churches in the area that have a regular, consistent Sunday evening church meeting. They have not, there may be meetings, but in terms of regular meeting as church family together every week, there's not many things going around. So we want to make sure we have a name, we have an identity, which actually communicates one of the best-selling points, which is actually you can come when it suits at 6 o'clock in the evening. So that's those, some, kind of, some of the journey, and there's a lot of prophetic stuff and prayer that's gone into it, but that's how we've arrived at that name. And I think it looks great, and I'm so excited. I think it's going to be brilliant. Lou and I, by the way, um, Lou has every intention to get in here, and she might be a bit late because our girls are a little bit poorly, actually. Um, but we are so excited. And I'll tell you what, since we kind of were asked by Paul to take on the mantle of this kind of evening meeting, I'll tell you what, we have fallen in love with you guys like never before. And we're so passionate for this community. We're so passionate for what God is going to build here. And I hope you are too. So what I'm going to do for the rest of tonight, just for the next 20 minutes, I want to share some values, I guess, things that God has put on our hearts as we've prayed and as we thought about the 6 o'clock church. And lots of them are very generic, I must say that. They're not just specific things just for us. Actually, these are values, as I said, that we've held as a church and will probably be replicated, replicated across all the other different venues as well. But they're just principles of the New Testament that I say, as we launch into 6 o'clock church, these are the things that we're going to be fi- fighting for. These are the things that we want to make sure are in our very DNA as we start. And the first one is this. Come as you are. Come as you are. God has created people in his own image. And we all carry a value that God was willing to die for. As a community, we welcome people from every background and walk of life as it reflects the diverse and creative nature of the gods we worship and the home we'll be called to. A couple of months ago, I was having a conversation with a friend. And uh, I was sharing him, like, my excitement of 6 o'clock church and the different things I was hoping for in terms of community. And um, he said something along, along the lines of, Alex, I hear you, but I'm just not quite sure how it's going to work. Because the people that you have coming to you, they're just so very different. So many different walks of life, so many different backgrounds. I'm just not quite sure if you're really going to be able to build community in the way that you're hoping for. And if I'm totally honest, it burst my bubble. And uh, I, I was kind of a little bit torn. I was, wasn't quite sure what to make of it. And so I, I kind of went away and I just prayed about it. And I started reading the Bible about it. And actually, I started to become a little bit indignant about it. Because, in fact, to say that people from different backgrounds and experiences can't be unified and be part of the church, I just think, actually, that, that almost means that church is a waste of time. Because the very message of the gospel is that you can come as you are and be part of this family. I believe the New Testament church is exactly that. And that's our heart for six o'clock church. Actually, we want to be a place where our doors are open. We say, you are welcome. Hastings, you are welcome to come as you are. Isaiah 55, one says this, Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. 1 Timothy 2.3, it is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. John 6.37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes, I will never cast out. Matthew 11.28, come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you get the idea? God saying, come, come. Come as you are. 
what, what do you think heaven's going to be like? Let me just ask you a question, because often if I was to close my eyes and think of us in heaven, if I'm totally honest, it doesn't get far beyond us. I think about us. And last year, in January, last couple of years, I've had the real privilege of going to, going to India. And one of the guys, Praveen, who leads the church there, he said, he was, he was kind of joking, but it, it really had an impact on me. He just said, uh, in front of his congregation, they're laughing, celebrating, doing praise like, like you wouldn't believe. And he just says, you know, statistically, there's going to be more Indians in heaven. Hallelujah! And he said that, and I thought, crumbs. I think I've missed something about the global perspective of what God's doing. Actually, heaven's going to be full of lots of people that aren't like me, don't look like me, don't have the backgrounds of me or us, actually. The Bible talks about every tribe, tongue, and nation. But do you know, we could easily translate that as every background, job, and sexuality. Every class, race, and locality. God wants them all. God wants them all. You know, 11 weeks ago, on the Relentless on the Students and Twenties Facebook page, um, someone just posted a message saying, you know, I'm kind of maybe interested in church. I'd love to maybe come along. Do you, do you think I'm going to be welcome here? It's basically the gist of the message. And do you know what? I'm so, so proud of the relentless guys, of the students and 20s, because then there was response after response, which is, yes, yes, you are welcome here. And let me just tell you, and I don't embarrass her, Charlie, 11, within 11 weeks, and Charlie was that person, someone who's come along, she is now saved and knows that Jesus loves her. She knows that she's going to heaven for all eternity. Within probably two weeks, we had the whole of the Relentless guys round her house eating Mexican. She, the following week, she brought her friend who doesn't know Jesus. Last week, there was 21 of us who went to Sidcup to connect conference with 300 people from around Newground, and Charlie is there. 11 weeks ago, I'm not, am, I, am I welcome here? And the message of the cross, the message of God is, yes, you are welcome here. The message of the gospel is, yes, you are welcome here. And the resounding message of six o'clock church is going to be, yes, come as you are. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. So that's the first value. That's the first thing we've got to hold to our hearts. And you know what? That can actually be quite difficult. Because I know lots of people here be like, well, that's obvious. It is. But I'll tell you what, it's difficult when you have people surrounding you, people around you, you think, man, in no other context would I be with these people. In fact, some of these people just rub me up the wrong way. Actually, some of these people, they're just actually, they make me look bad. Do you know what? If we were to look at our story with God and say, how did we make God look? How were we? Were we all well presented? Had we got it all right? Absolutely not. God chose to pick us up as we were. And actually, you look at the story of Jesus and what he does time and time again. He meets the prostitutes and he meets the, the lame beggars on the streets. He meets a whole variety, a cross-section of, of people in society. And you know, I don't think any of them really felt condemned by him. They felt loved and welcomed by him as they were. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I 
really want us to push for as we launch into six o'clock church is this idea of being connected together. Live connected. God loves community. It has always been his intention that we build strong relationships, not just with him, but also with one another. Genuine community where each person is known, valued and cared for is the place where lives can be transformed and is formed through daily lives, not just on a Sunday. You cannot avoid community if you're a Christian. I just want to say that. You can't avoid it. They come together. And I know we're an odd bunch. I know that. But the reality is, is that we're family. We're family. When you're adopted as a son or a daughter, you don't just become a son and a daughter, you become a sister and a brother. You're now part of something which is much bigger than just you and God. Thank goodness. Actually, God's blessing and inheritance, yes, it comes like this, but actually, it comes like this as well. It's through the people on the left of you and the right of you, those people that have been saved and actually are part of your family. We're part of a family. It's about the family. And you know what? You are so blessed to be part of this family. You're so blessed to be part of God's family. It's such a privilege. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And you know what? So many times in the New Testament you hear language like that. Bodies, family, unity, brothers, sisters. And it's not just incidental, it is fundamental. It's fundamental. The reality is we're not trying to manufacture family here. We are family. Hear that? We're not, with this six o'clock church and community, we're not just trying to hype up something and say, come on, let's be family because that would be nice. Now, that, the Bible says that we are family. The Bible says that we are community. And we want the church to reflect the reality of who we already are and live in the good of it. Because I tell you what, living in community, it is good. It is good. So what does it look like to live in community? Well, here's just a few verses. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Acts 6.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up just as you are doing. Acts 2.44, the passage we read tonight, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in the homes, receiving food, glad and generous hearts, praising God. Do you know what? I have a responsibility to care and look after you. Not because I'm here, but because I'm family. Before any role or responsibility or title or employment or anything else, actually, I am part of you as family. And so are you. And so are you. And all of us have that ability. All of us have that responsibility. And you know, it's not about role. It's not actually even about maturity. It's about identity. If you're a child of the living God, you're a part of the family. That is your identity. And therefore, you're welcome to come and join and be part of this community. We have um, a great connect team. Uh, people who welcome people, 
In fact, Susie even said it tonight. If you want to go to the bar at the end, the Connect team, great people that would love to welcome you. Do you know what? The Connect team can't build community. That's our job, all of us. So actually, what I've always saying when we're talking about community and being connected in is for all of us to say, actually, I want to take ownership of this. And actually, I want to be the person who says, hey, I, I see you're new here. Why don't you come around for a meal this week? It's not just leaving it to the Connect team. Actually, all of us are living in relationship with one another. A number of weeks ago, um, we, a lady in the church who was, she was a, a, a member in the morning congregation, Christine Gutzel, um, she sadly passed away. And um, well, I was, I was talking to my mum about her. And my mum said, um, do you know what Christine was the first person who ever welcomed me at church? She said, actually, it was on the first morning at Sunday, she actually said, we're going to the park later, why don't you come with us? And I thought, that's nice, I, I didn't think much of it. But then actually, then someone else said something similar to that, and someone else, and someone else. And actually, I went to her funeral, and at a funeral, there were more stories of people talking like that, even just over cake and coffee and stuff afterwards. People just saying stories about how actually Christine Gutzel was willing to live community out in practice, actually connect people in. And the reason I say that is because Christine would probably be the first person to say, oh, it was nothing, or I'm no one special. But the reality, what she did left a legacy which lived on 20, 30 years later on. I don't want you to underestimate the impact that you have when you say, actually, I want to do community with you. Actually, I want to connect you in. I actually want you to be part of our family because it has huge consequences. It has a massive impact, actually, that has a knock-on effect. Uh, this week at the um, Connect Conference last weekend, Dave Holden, who's kind of our, uh, the apostle for the sphere that we're part of, he just said this, um, and I quickly, I loved it, I quickly just wrote it down on my phone. I hope you don't feel like your church community is to be run by someone else. He said, it's time for the church community to become your community where you take ownership and take up your part and put into others what God has put into you. And as he said that, I just thought, crumbs, that's, that's directed at me. It's time for me not to just see other people doing the stuff, but actually I want to live in a connected way. I want to live in community with people. Now, one of the ways we're going to do that with 6 o'clock church, um, we're going to relaunch some short-term small groups, some opportunities for people like in real-life situations in their week to be able to gather with people and have community with one another. We want to provide that opportunity. So we'll have several groups that run across the year. And my hope is that everyone who calls 6 o'clock church home will have the opportunity to link in some way to community if they're not already part of a community group or other things that are going on in church life. So I'm not saying that if you're part of those, you need to leave those, absolutely not. But I know that there's a number of people here that have never been involved in the community group. I know there's a number of people here that have never really found their home in a small group. Or maybe you're just new in. Maybe you've only been here for a few months and you haven't really actually had the information or you don't really understand what kind of groups or how you can access stuff. Well, this is going to be an opportunity from January for you, be, for you to be able to connect in that way. So there's going to be a number of, of different groups running through the year. And when I say short term, I'm talking less than two months. We're probably going to run it at seven weeks. And we'll coincide the groups to run alongside what's happening with uh, church life. So Paul mentioned a little while ago about Alpha that's running in January, uh, sorry, February through to March. Well, those are going to be the, actually the same uh, dates, the same weeks that we're going to be running our small group life. 
So when it comes to signing up and saying, actually, I want to commit to seven weeks with that as a, as a, a bunch of guys, actually, some of you might be thinking, you know what, I've got a guy or a girl that I know that I, I'd love to bring them to Alpha. You can sign up for that as a group. And there'll be a collection of people here that are going as a group, as a small group, and going to Alpha and doing Alpha with the church. So there's different ways of us doing it. So here's just a few advantages of why we want to do it that way. I think it's just going to provide lots of opportunities for you to make links and connections with other people in this community. And obviously I'm I'm aware that you're not going to build really deep, meaningful relationships over seven weeks. But my heart is that when you come on a Sunday evening, there'll be 12, 13 other people you think, "I, I know that I can go and have a conversation with that person because we've already got something in common. And the reality is, is actually next time, if you want to sign up for the group in the following two or three months, you can do that. And you may have two or three of the same people, but then you'll meet a whole load of other people. It's just a great opportunity for you to make links and to uh, create some, uh, some relationships with some people. The other thing that I really love about it, I think it's just going to create loads of leadership opportunities. And I'm so excited about this one because I know I'm looking out and I'm thinking there's leaders all over this room. And actually, for you to be able to say, you know, I'm going to commit and I'm going to lead a group for seven weeks. I'm going to host some people around my house. We're going to cook a meal. We're going to have some break bread and wine and pray together. Actually, that is something that many of you in this room can do. And in other situations and other scenarios, you might not get that chance. But I'll tell you what, this is an opportunity for you to be part of what we're doing and actually have an opportunity to lead and to test your leadership gift as well. So I'm excited about that. It provides a place to integrate visitors and new people. We do, we do all right with integrating new people, but in reality, we haven't got much to actually direct them into. It would be great if when people come on a Sunday for us to be able to go to them and say, you know what, we're meeting this week and having a meal. Why don't you come along? We'd love for you to come and be a part of it. My experience of small group life, I can, just, I can honestly say, it's made such an impact on me and my growth personally. And church is great, but in a sense, I just, it's, not, it's not the only thing, actually. It's not enough just going to church. I think for me, actually being connected with people midweek, a small group that actually I can be authentic with, that I can be honest with and share what's going on in my life and have people pray and support me, that has been a massive influence to me being who I am today. It's had such a massive impact on my growth and my maturity as a Christian. Kevin DeYoung says this, I love this, he says, the one indispensable requirement for producing godly mature Christians is godly mature Christians. It's quite simple, really. And I found that the majority of times when challenges have come my way, when I need encouragement or I'm thinking of making a big life decision, the answers and the encouragement I've needed have often been found in the people living closest to me. In the people actually I'm connected with in small group life that I can just share it with and they can just speak wisdom in maybe prophesy, maybe talk and encourage when I need it. Proverbs 27:17. iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Living connected, that's the second value. And that leads to another thing, which is this, being transformed. Be transformed. Jesus not only invites us to come as we are, but to become all that he has created us to be. So come as you are, but don't stay that way. Passionate commitment to Christ, learning to trust and depend on God in our daily lives, making sacrifices and taking risks for him is what leads to authentic Christianity. And one of our values as a church 
is to, is to make disciples. All right, we've got literature on it, we've got information on the website, you can have a look at that. But one of our key values as a church is to make disciples. We want it to be a place where Christians become mature disciples, caught up in the great adventure of following Jesus. And Colossians 1, 28 to 29 says this, and I find this really interesting. Him, Jesus, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And I find that really interesting. Everyone mature in Christ. God wants the whole of your heart. And as you give your life to him, you can't help but become more and more like Jesus. You can't help but become more and more like Jesus. But do you know that God's heart for every believer is spiritual maturity? Do you know that? Have you ever thought about that? God's heart for you is not to just leave you as you are, but actually to bring you more and more like Jesus, actually to bring you more and more into spiritual maturity. That's God's heart for all of us. And those things that we carry, the culture of the kingdom that is developed inside of us, comes to life when we draw it out of one another. I, I so value the people that I've got on my left and my right when I work here and other things, people that can encourage me and bring out the things that God has birthed inside of me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So be transformed. Well, what does transformation look like? Here's just a few things that we do as a church and we value the things that we're going to be doing with 6 o'clock church. Word and spirit. We're going to continue to be a people. 6 o'clock church is going to continue to be a place where we place huge value on the word and the spirit. We don't half of one and half of the other. We want all of both. All right? We want our cake and eat it. When the Spirit of God is at work within us, he is powerfully transforming our hearts, our minds, and our souls to worship, adore, and love Jesus more. And you know what? The Bible is life to us. The Bible is life to us, alive and active, and we can be transformed and revolutionized by reading it and living it out. In terms of transformation in our lives as Christians, there's a few other uh, characteristics of kingdom culture that we're trying to push into as a church, and it's going to be the same for 6 o'clock church. Courage. We even had a, a whole preach series this year on, on, on being courageous. Courage is a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Our confidence comes from God and his promises. Here's another one, joy. We want, to be a, we want to be a people that are identifiable as a joyful people. We want to be joyful. True joy isn't actually just linked to circumstance. Praise God. But on salvation, this, the, you know, the boundary lines, it says in Psalms, the boundary lines for us have fallen in pleasant places, in good places. Authenticity, to be a people of integrity and purity where we allow others to see the real us and encourage us to grow. Our attitudes, words and actions on a Sunday should match up with how we are on a Monday morning or maybe your Friday night. True transformation means there's authenticity in who we are. Honour. Every person is created in the image of God. we said that already. They're not only welcome to come, but also to be honoured for the value God has placed in them. And the last culture that we've been trying to develop as a church is one of generosity. Generosity. To be a people who are hugely generous. Do you know, we've been called to live radically generous lives in light of the huge, outrageous generosity that God has shown to each and every one of us. It leads us to want to be generous. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What generosity. What grace. 
And do you know what? These desires, these cultures that I'm just talking about, they weren't a natural part of your life before Jesus. Can I just say that? They're not a natural part of your life before Jesus. In fact, if you go throughout society, if you go in different contexts of work and things like that, it's not the priority for people. Authenticity, generosity, joy. Actually, those things are things that actually are nurtured and cultured, so, you know, developed within the culture of church, within the culture of believers. And the last thing is this. Join the adventure. Join the adventure. So come as you are. Come as you are. Live connected. Be transformed. Join the adventure. Love lived out speaks louder than words. Jesus offers us the chance to partner with him in meeting all the needs of our community here and beyond. And every person has a role to play in making that difference happen. You know, there's clearly, obviously, a reason why I'm talking tonight. And the reason I'm talking tonight is because it's not just about sharing information. Um, No amount of sharing information tonight is going to get you to catch heart with me in the way that I know that the Spirit is going to do. But the reason I want to share tonight is because I want to say, will you come with us? Will you join us on the adventure of building community and being a family together? This is the kind of New Testament community I believe God is calling us to be. And you know, it's the kind of community I want to be a part of. And it's, it's, it's nothing new. God hasn't got a plan B. It always has been family. And we're going to continue doing it in family. But I really ask you, will you join us in this adventure? So what am I asking for? What am I praying for? And there's just a few things with us as a community I'm praying that each and every one of us has the opportunity to access authentic, genuine community that blesses and encourages and brings them to an increasing place of maturity. And in January, we'll be sharing more about these small groups that you can access, these, like the times when they'll be meeting some of the people that will be leading them. And do you know what? If you're here and you're thinking, oh, I'd love to do that, I'd love to lead a small group, why don't you just come and talk to me? I would love for you to come and talk to me and say, I'd love to host one of those groups. You'll get an info booklet as well. And there'll be lots of opportunities to sign up. But that's the first thing I'm praying for, that each and every person will feel that they have the, have the opportunity to connect into community. The second thing is this, that leaders will emerge. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm asking you. That's what I'm hoping for, is that people will step up to the plate and say, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to lead. And that's what I'm praying for, that different people will emerge. There are so many opportunities to step up and lead, and we need you. The third thing is this, actually, it's a funny one, to become self-sufficient as an evening congregation. And what I mean by that is this, and I'm so thankful for the way that so many people serve and so many people give their time to making even things like the evening meeting work and happen in the way it does. It's great. Um, But do you know that actually over half of the people that serve us on an evening meeting are actually from the morning congregation? Do you know that? They give up their time. They say, I want to come. I, I, I want the evening meeting to work. So I'll give up my time and I'll come up and I'll serve. I'll steward. I'll work on the bar. I'll do different things in order for the evening meeting to work. I would love it if us as a community take ownership and say, no, this is my meeting. I want to give my time in serving. I'd love it. Actually, we can release those people that have served us so well to going back and providing opportunities of serving in the morning meeting because, you know, what? they're going to need it when we launch Bex Hill. They're going to need it when we launch St. Leonard's. 
So what I'm asking actually is that all of us say, you know, I've, I feel ownership for this. I want to be able to serve in a meaningful way. It's kind of like this. It's, it's the difference between going and eating in a restaurant or having dinner at home. So at a restaurant, you can just turn up, you can order your meal, you can enjoy the entertainment, enjoy your dinner, pay and go home. You see, a family dinner isn't like that. A family dinner, actually, everyone is involved. Okay, so someone might do the dinner, some people might do the prep, it might be someone different does the washing up, and do you know what? This is what family is like for us. You, you don't just turn up at the dinner table and say, oh, I'll have this, please. That's not family. So actually, what I want for us to, for six o'clock churches, for us to come as family and to get stuck in. And the last thing, the thing I'm praying for is actually that we'll be a, uh, a venue that actually train and give away. Sounds crazy. We haven't even launched and I'm talking about giving people away. But do you know what? In terms of the greater picture of what we're doing as a church, I pray that there'll be people that will grow and get equipped, that they'll be better prepared to go and be a blessing to Bex Hill, to, to St. Leonard's. I was going to name a few other places, but that's not prophetic. But wherever we decide to go and plant venues, actually, I want you to be built up and developed and grow in God's in a way that your gifts and your skills and your stewardship and everything here actually goes and blesses the other places that we're going to be planting into. That's my hope, is that that's a venue, that's what we'll be doing as a venue. I'm nearly finished. So there's just a few things that I'm praying for and asking for. And the last thing is this. I don't, want, I don't want us to get complacent when it comes to join the adventure of telling our friends and, communi- and communicating the gospel with the people around us. Because you know Jesus is going to build his church. We don't have to do that. But we have been commissioned to extend the kingdom of God in everywhere that we go. So whether it be in the school classroom, whether it be on the bus, whether it be in the operating theatre, wherever you find yourself, You have the opportunity as church on those other six days of the week to be able to present Jesus wherever you are. And I'd love us as a community to grow, not just because people come from other churches, but actually because we have people coming hungry saying, can I come? And we're saying, yes, come. And they meet Jesus like Charlie did, like lots of other people have done. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying for, is that we become a six o'clock church becomes a venue where actually we're characterized by inviting people and sharing the love of Jesus wherever we go you imagine what kind of impact we would have if we actively lived out kingdom culture everywhere that we went? It would be incredible to invite people to experience not only a God who loves them, but also a community that loves and accepts them for who they are. There are not many places in community that are like that these days. And do you know what? I wasn't going to say it, but I will say it. I would love it if in the next few years we can break 200. I'd love it if we get to a point where we're saying, actually, this space is just too small for us. We're going to have to think differently. Six o'clock church is going to have to move somewhere else because we're growing, because we're advancing. Because, yeah, growth is a big thing because it means that kingdom advance is happening. It means that more and more people are responding to the gospel. It means that salvation is breaking out in the community. So we have Alpha coming up, as Paul said. Why don't you invite people? We've got Christmas events coming up. It's going to be very similar to last year. The Christmas market was outrageously brilliant. Invite your friends. You know what they're coming to. You came last year. Invite your friends to it. And I know sometimes that can be difficult. It's difficult for me sometimes. But I heard something great last week. They said, uh, someone said, I've got some great news for you. Comfort zones are movable. You can give them a big shove. So let me encourage you. Let's just push into those things. And it's always good to remind ourselves that we're not building the church. That's Jesus' job. We just get the amazing privilege of walking alongside and joining the adventure.
we get to extend the kingdom and push the boundaries of his kingdom blessing, not only within the areas of our lives, but also to those outside of these four walls. Amen? Amen. Can I just ask you to stand? I'm just going to pray. Oh, Lord, I want to thank you so much for family. Thank you that we are sons and daughters. But I want to thank you that we're brothers and sisters. And Lord, if anything tonight, I pray that people will go away from here tonight thinking, I love family. I want community. And Lord, I, I just pray for every person here where you have planted seeds in their hearts. Lord, I do pray, Lord, that six o'clock church will be a place where we will all feel that we can welcome anyone, that everyone will feel that they are welcome to come as they are. Lord, I pray that there will be transformation in lives over these next few months and years. Lord, I pray for fruit. Lord, I pray that we have a great time. Lord, thank you that when we meet together, Lord, it is... It doesn't have to be weird. It's just family coming together. I I do pray, Lord, that we have some great times of enjoyment together and fellowship together. Lord, I I do pray for salvation. Lord, I pray that we have a number of people get saved this year because your kingdom is advancing. Lord God, I pray that people would come and they feel that they're not uh, in any way isolated, but I pray that people would feel that they're connected with the body. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity of joining on your mission. Lord, I pray, would you stir in us a, a, a fresh sense of of belonging to your adventure for sharing your love to other people around us. Lord, I pray even this week, would you give us opportunities to share about the things that you've placed on our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity. And I pray for your blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. So I'm aware that I've ran over a few minutes, but I just wanted to communicate those kind of things. If you've got any questions or anything, please just shout. You can ask us any questions.